0: I didn't have a phone, I was a late bloomer, and he shared that phone, and um, he introduced me to that game, so if you may recall, there's that dot, and you have to get to it, and as you eat that dot, the tail grows, so you have to get to it before the tail gets to the head, so David says, you have to meet this particular high, high score. And if you do that, I'm going to f- buy you dinner. So initially, just unfortunately, have to admit, but very brief moment, I the competitive vinalis in me, like I wanted to to beat that score and get a paid dinner. Then I caught on that it was a segue for a dating possibility. But... Um, the, the score was unrealistic, it was, it was too high, and, and, or I just couldn't get to it. So surely enough, very graciously enough, David lowers the expectation, <laughs> lowers the, the, the goal of that score so that I could actually meet that expectation. And that was one of the first impressions. Uh, indicative of much more to be learned and shared very graciously for a lifetime. 20 years together, 15 married. And it all started with the game of a snake. If I unpack that more, that could be interesting. <laughs> the life of a follower of Jesus Christ indicates that there is a holiness a sacredness holy pure divine self god jesus christ so holy it is different from anything or everyone else apart too high for anyone else to actually meet in fact the idea hypothetically speaking of anything less than perfectly pure that dim or, 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 or uh, darkness, sin, could not be in the presence of what is completely, absolutely holy. So then, how is it that you and I just sang something about we're blameless? Because we are, we can be called child of God, We can be known as saints, followers of Christ, but you and I know that we're not 100% completely all the time perfectly pure and blameless. We can never actually truly meet that standard. And how come you and I have? How come in a sense you and I do have the name, child of God, follower of Jesus Christ, saint, redeemed, saved. Because unlike the game, David lowered his expectation. Jesus, the Lord, did not lower or reduce holiness. No. There's no reduction. It's even better. There is a full grant. It's given. It's a gift. A hundred percent undeserved. If you want to say 99% undeserved, that makes it a hundred percent undeserved, right? It's not reduced, but it's fully given. It's granted. It's grace. By the grace of God, we receive a gift Of love, grace, salvation, change. By the grace of God. If I ever wanted to use terminology of up and down, well, he came down from majesty to what is mundane. To transform never him to be blameful, but for us then to be called through his name alone, blameless by the grace of God. Paul is one of the most known apostles, church planters, as registered in the word. Before Paul becomes a follower of Jesus, he persecutes everyone who believes in Jesus. He persecutes them. And within that context, it, it, it was okay um, to, to be imprisoned, and even face death. So Paul, before he becomes, who we know, the incredible apostle, his aspirations to obey the law and to have high ranking was achievable. He followed it to the T. He became obsessed with it almost, I would say, and he achieved those goals. And surely enough, that's not enough. He was chasing the wrong dream, The snake, the poisonous aspiration he had by trying to chase something pursuing righteousness only expanded the sin within himself, and he was just chasing a tail. And thanks be to God, God got a hold of Paul. Paul's conclusions were far from what Jesus taught while on earth. Before Paul, his name was Saul, and he has this experience, life-changing experience. And this is the term that I'm going to repeat today, hopefully, so you can grapple with it and think about it and make it of your own conversation. So then he comes to a point very righteous and obedient to what he thought was the right way to live out the faith in general a faith. God gets a hold of his soul and begins to reformulate his faith. Begins to reframe his understanding and Paul changes. By the grace of God Paul changes. What do I mean by a faith reformulated? There are numerous ways to understand reformulation. The root of the word to reformulate or the phrase to reformulate includes reformulate, a do-over. Check it, Google it, do-over. Do-over, revise, rework, redevelop. If you look at the Latin root of the word re or the re that has notion from again do it again go back to a beginning or to the real beginning to formulate something again usually means that it's something especially when it comes to the Lord's way something different and something better so Paul writes this particular. He begins to write to um, to places where he's planting churches, and this experience of him becoming a new person, now follower of Jesus Christ. Scholars believe that it happened just, and this is short to me. I think just about twenty years later after Jesus's death and resurrection. Twenty years. That's not a lot. So, Paul is in this mission, onto this mission. And I want you to notice something about Paul, because I hope you're inspired by him. Paul is a persecutor at first, but because he is reformed or reformulated or received a do over, he becomes Paul the preacher of the gospels and a church planter. Amazing. I hope you think that's amazing especially when you can put yourself in those shoes. I, fill in the blank, was this, and now I believe I'm doing A, B, and C. So he is living through a reframing, deepening the faith, redeveloping the faith, and a do-over for his life And I want you to know that when he writes this letter, like most letters, most, well, all the letters of Paul to certain churches are, he's been there already, he planted the church, he taught, they built relationships, they built trust, they were learning how to do and be the church, he moved on to the next region, they were doing well, and then they started to get confused, and tensions began because at that particular time, they're the first time they're being a church, so they don't have a point of reference like you and I do. They are our point of reference. But in that time, they're trying to figure out how to be faithful while they're also trying to figure out what they used to think it was a faithful way of being faithful. For example, many gods, what to eat, what not to eat, who to hang out with. So Paul is not with them at this particular time. The Corinthians send a letter to Paul. And many of these letters that we read are actually, in a sense, the second letter. He is responding, granting them even more guidance because he learned how they reached out that they are confused and they're having trouble as a church and as a people. Meaning what? Interestingly, Paul is someone who needed to be reformulated in the mind and the heart, and he, his brothers and sisters of Corinthians, are also going through similar things. They're trying to be faithful. They're trying to be fruitful. Life is confusing, and it's hard. What do we do when this happens, Paul? So they need do-overs. They need to deepen their faith. They need to redevelop. They need to reformulate their faith. So Paul sends them 1 Corinthians chapter 1. And I'm going to read a section of the salutation of the greetings. If you were to go to verse 10 you will actually read what the problem was, and it's about divisiveness in the church. But I'm going to focus on the greeting, and it reads, I give thanks to my God always for you because of the grace of God that has been given you in Christ Jesus. Not earned, given you. For in every way, I want you to say that in your mind, every way. For in every way, you have been enriched in him, in Jesus. How? In every way. In speech, how you conduct yourself. And in knowledge, what you're gaining. Of every kind, just as the testimony of Christ has been strengthened among you. It continues so that you are not lacking in any spiritual gifts as you wait for the revealing of our Lord Jesus Christ. Jesus will also strengthen you to the end, endless love, so that you may be blameless. Look at the word blameless, so that you may be blameless on the day of our Lord Jesus Christ. Why? God is faithful. By Him and because of Him and only through Him, you were called into a relationship, into a fellowship of his son, Jesus Christ our Lord. It is given through a relationship through Jesus Christ our Lord. Through the end of time, you can be called blameless. You have blame, but you will be called blameless. We lack grace, so it's given to us. You don't lack gifts, according to the text. May that word give you hope this morning. By the grace of God, you and I have do-overs. By the grace of God, any impressions that marked our soul, confused us, provoked us to chase a certain way in the pursuit of happiness, playing the game snake and we don't even know it. Or we're putting or living through, even though we we have a band-aid on something that is beyond human repair, that only the grace of God can restore and can grant a do over. Like Paul, he was spiritually toxic. Chasing the wrong thing. And as the game reminds us, chasing the wrong thing hurts you and hurts everyone around you. It just grows in a toxic way. And what we need is the divine repair that this text highlights to you as you may see it. By the grace of God, you have it. You are welcome to decide to receive it. It is yours, but I have blame. Yes, you do, and so do I. It is by the grace of God that you have a do-over. We all come short. So we receive the gift of God's grace. Don't believe you have earned God's love, not even a percentage. Please don't believe that you're done strengthening and redeveloping and further developing your faith. It takes a lifetime. God wants to strengthen you and enriched you in everything you do. So that you are a testimony of Christ. Reformulate your faith. Brothers and sisters. Convinced that you have received God-given gifts. So that you are evidence of Christ. Don't use your God-given gifts to earn grace. Not. Don't ever, no need for do that. You're just playing the the game. You receive grace, and as a reflection of who is in you and what God is doing with you, you do have enough gifts to reflect Christ unto the world. To commit to faith in Jesus, listen to this, and and it goes well with this. To commit to faith in Jesus is to commit to change when necessary. Leaps of faith, reformulate. I've done it always this way. This is what happened to me as a younger age. Commit to faith in Jesus Christ is a commitment that you believe change does happen in Jesus Christ. That you're willing to change for Jesus Christ that God is God and you are a follower of God. Commitment to faith in Jesus Christ is a persistent to faith through doubt, betrayals, pain, illnesses, and suffering. What no human can repair or restore or work with, God is able So, I'm going to ask you as a way to finish questions that I'm hoping you can reflect about your faith. Right off the bat, does your faith need some sort of reformulation? How do you truly strengthen your faith? How do you truly strengthen, invigorate, deepen your faith? Everybody has different ways. What's yours? And how do you bring that to life so your faith is indeed strengthening over the days? How do you recognize when your faith weakens? Do you recognize? How do you recognize what are the red flags in your life? What are the triggers? What causes you to resist, to stand back, to plateau, to be on the safe approach? What weakens your faith? If you were a Corinthian and you were to send this letter to Paul, you're asking for guidance, I'm struggling with my faith. What is it that is causing you to struggle with your faith? And on the other hand, what revitalizes your faith? Do you recognize that? Is your life evidence of a lifelong faith strengthened in Jesus Christ? Are you dwelling in God's grace? Very different from are you stuck or in a plateau? Are you held by God's grace? And last, is there anything toxic going on in your life that needs repair? Are we chasing the wrong thing? For anything that is toxic, that pollutes, that muddles, that weakens your faith, I invite you to confess that to the Lord. And that is one of many steps for you to reformulate your faith so that your life is a testimony that Christ does indeed strengthen you every day.